Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Three, two, one. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. It's bonus time on the Ben Jarofsky Show. And so when you hear this, Lord knows when you'll hear it. You'll, uh, I hope you listen and enjoy like you do all our bonus uh, episodes. And as everybody knows, on the Ben Jarofsky Show, when we do a bonus uh, feature, I allow our guests introduce themselves. So I have two guests uh, in the studio, and I'm people who are watching on Facebook Live go, Ben, you're interviewing uh, Robert Redford and Paul Newman. No, they just look like Robert Redford and Paul Newman. Uh, <laughs> just the one guy over here at Muscle Beach. Um, but they are not uh, Redford and Newman, so I'll allow my guests to introduce themselves, starting with this gentleman right here. Hey, uh, my name is uh, Dave Feller. I am, uh, um, what, what am I now? Am I the president of the 30th Ward Democratic Organization? One of your, that's just one of your. That's one of my, many, t- I'm wearing of many hats, is what I am. Okay, but you're a political activist, would you say? Political activist. Uh, you know, um, I, you know, I, I kind of like the operative term, even though that's... that's say political operative. I'm a political operative. Political I, I, operative. I, I, I embrace my, my heritage. All right, you're a political operative from the northwest side of northwest Chicago. Northwest side, born and bred. Born and bred, and a proud graduate of Gordon Tech High School. He is a Ram. Back in the day when it was Gordon Tech, now, of course, it's called DePaul High or something like yeah, that. Yeah, DePaul College oh, Prep. BS. DePaul College Prep. Yeah. And the good-looking young man on... On my right, right here. It's uh, Jamie Andrade, who uh, part-time, uh, actually full-time. I'm a full-time state rep, part-time talk show host with just a couple of guys talking with my uh, co-host over here, Dave Feller. I am just a, a couple guys talking. Yep, full-time representative. I also graduated from Gordon Tech, and I am proud of my heritage, too. I've had a good uh, political mentor. And my, I learn it every day. I use it every day. All right. Now, uh, and, and the, the uh, a couple of guys uh, talking, I think we're being uh, featured on that show right now. Facebook, Facebook Live. Live. Right. Uh, but uh, it's a Facebook uh, yeah, former feature. Former Representative Lopez watching. All right. Uh, now, um, uh, Andrade, Jaime Andrade, uh, you talk about uh, your mentors. You talk about uh, your political traditions and your past. Your number one mentor, the person who taught you what you know about politics is who it would have to be ernie greb who passed away he's a precinct captain mel's one of mel's top precinct captains because that even before elected official the precinct captain was by far the most important person because he teaches you how to talk to people now wait time out so this was in richard mel 33rd ward yes. organization talk about it how old were you how did you get meet ernie go ahead so i met ernie because i worked against him i was a summer intern uh, i got a summer job through trina davila's Trina Davila, uh, for low-income students. I was at City Hall, and Ricardo Negron was running for the new 35th Ward in Logan Square. He asked me to work with him. I worked against Ernie Greb. Ernie Greb uh, then came up to me and said, uh, who do you belong to? <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God. Who do you belong to? Who do you belong to? I said, 
I don't understand the question. He says, Wait, how old were you? I was, this was 1995. So that was when they redistricted the, the 35th ward. Right, and I was a summer intern at City of Chicago. And for 10 trivia points, who won that election? It was Vilma Cologne. Very good. Vilma Look Cologne. at the brain on Brad. Yeah, uh, yeah it was Vilma. And, and Mel was for Vilma Cologne. Yes. And you, were, was... you were not with Mel? No, I was not. I, I, I didn't know, I Wait, didn't know what Mel was, or Mel is, or was. or where. I was... 20, probably 21. You did 22. not know who Richard Mel was? My I was my parents were factory workers. I was just a college student. I I knew who George Bush was. I knew who Mayor <laughs> Daly was. I didn't Thanks. I didn't really know what an, an almond was or So who, who talked you into working for an Aldermanic candidate running in a special order? Ricardo Negron. Ricardo Negron was a deputy commissioner at Chicago Department of Transportation. And he said, "Kid, what are you doing after you know after you get off of work?" I said, "Nothing, just going to school and stuff." He said, "Would you like to volunteer for me?" I said, "Sure." You know, his office was on like Milwaukee. Started working for him and volunteering, and that's what it was. It was the Seventeenth oh. Precinct, Thirty Second Ward. For that's why I worked that precinct. I worked the whole wait election. the Thirty Fifth Ward. Thirty Fifth Ward. Yeah, right. Thirty yeah. right, Fifth. Uh, and so when it was all over, Ernie said, "You, hey, kid, you're not bad." Right. He said, you're not bad. Who do you, who do you belong to? And I kept telling him, I don't understand the question. He goes, well, there's a guy, you know, Dick. I said, who? Did you tell him that Lincoln freed the slaves? <laughs> right. <laughs> it, it, it actually, you know, Ernie some, didn't know that. It, it, right. it didn't work like that back then. Right, he didn't. It, it's, it, not to use a, um, um, a mob reference, but, uh, but it's because it's, it's kind of cheap. But that's, you couldn't just walk into some alderman's office and say, hey, I want to volunteer. Unless someone brought you in and said, right. and vouched for you. Right. They, so don't, they, they don't know who you are. They did. What was that, that guy, um, Milt Rakoff, the, the we don't professor? Want, the professor, we don't want nobody, nobody sent. That is right. correct. He told the story. Do where, you know uh, who he was interviewing when he said that? He was uh, uh, Ebner Mikva. Very good. Yeah. Look at was, the brain on Brad. 19, 1948, he, he was walking yeah. by the 8th yeah. Ward Democratic uh, office, and he said, hey, I want to volunteer. And they said, All we right. don't want any liberals That's from the University of Chicago in here, and threw him out. So he went to... Help out uh, Stevenson for whatever, but yeah, that was how it was. Yeah, and, and yeah. someone had to bring you in and vouch for you. So right. Ernie vouched for was Ernie, Ernie a so, no, payroller. So Ernie was he used to work. He was a uh, he was a one of the chiefs at Fleet Management. Mm. Fleet Management that was his full time job. Nope, Fleet Management. It was uh, Fleet. The one was on North and Troop. Okay, North and mm-hmm. Troop. So he says, you know, first he goes, "Who sent you to?" literally said, who sent you to work against us? I said, I'm just an intern at City of Chicago. Ricardo Negron asked me, and he, go, he goes, well, you know, he says, the boss wants to meet you. I said, who? I don't know what you're talking about. He says, Committeeman Mel. I said, I have no idea what a committeeman is. Wait, time out. So he, he gave him the title committeeman as opposed to alderman. Mel at the time was both the alderman of the 33rd Ward and the Democratic committeeman of the 33rd Ward. You're telling me that in Ernie's mind, it was more important that he was the committeeman? Yeah. Yes. Ernie, yeah. since day one, has been Because that's, yeah. well, that's where all the patronage came through, through the committeeman. Back in those days. Back in those days. Yeah. And that, was, that, was, that was the power spot, not the alderman. The yes. alderman was either the stand-in or... Right. His stooge or his right. buddy or his ally. So the committeeman better have a day job that makes some money because alderman got paid. Committeeman don't get paid. You know, right. you know, a lot of them were, um, uh, they had the insurance business yeah. in, in the ward or they're they on the directorship of a bank or they're lawyers or whatever. So you get called in to meet the the boss. Yeah, I'm Fullerton in California. Yeah, I remember I come that in. office. I come yeah. in Fullerton in California. <laughs> I was a neighbor back then. You, like you, you couldn't even barely breathe. It was just it, literally just... 
everyone smoking cigarettes, yeah. including Ernie. You know, they, and then they got me. The, that's they initiated me. They got me the first time. They said, "Here, kid, you have to sign in." Ernie gives me a pen and it blows up. It was one of those firecracker pens. Oh, blows they up. got a million of them at Mel Organization. Yeah. Blows up. He sits there and then they bring me in the back. You got Bill Hackett there. This fedora. His, at that time, was his chief of staff, just quiet guy, just sat back, just sat back, didn't say anything, just looked at you. And then uh, Mel was there, remember, and he said, "So I heard you gave him my guy's problems." I said, "I said." No, I'm just working the precinct. He says, well, that's what I'm saying. You're working against us. I said, but, you know, and then he said, well, but Ernie says you're good. Uh, we, would you like to help us in the runoff? I said, sure, absolutely. And, uh, and he asked me, he goes, but who sent you to work against us? Where do you belong? I said, I, they keep asking me that. And I tell him, St. Andrew's Parish. <laughs> I said, don't. I tell him, St. Andrew's Parish. He goes, so, kid, you don't belong to anyone? I said, St. Andrew's Parish, that's on time. And then he said, kid, you belong to me now. That's it. And then 25 years, 30 years. So did he put you on the payroll? No. No, no, I didn't go on the payroll. I just uh, started volunteering. Started volunteering, and then I got the, the political bug. I like, and I set up. I lived at that time, I lived in, it was the 18th Precinct, 32nd Ward, Gabinski. Mm -hmm. So I went to Gabinski and said, hey, I'd like to be a precinct captain. He says, no, kid, I got that's not the way it works. He goes, I have a, <laughs> what? You know, he says, I have a precinct captain. Yeah. He says, I have a precinct captain. So I said, well, you know, I never see him. You know, but he's like, well, he's around. I said, well, I don't know. I'm this just. Gabinski you're yeah, talking to. Gabinski. You're talking to Alderman Terry Gabinski. Right. I went to his office, and then he told me he doesn't need a precinct captain. And then what happens is I lose touch with him. I used to go see Ernie at fleet management. Then Mel gives me a call and says, hey, you want to be a precinct captain? I said, yeah. He, he says, uh, I'm going to make you the precinct captain in the 32nd ward. I said, can you do that? I said, but you're from the 33rd. He says, yeah. He says, Mary, tells her to Mary, Mary, honey, make him some cards that say, um, Precinct captain for Blagojevich in in uh, oh for Blagojevich. Well, 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 you know something. He actually ran for alderman in uh, the thirty second ward. Didn't he? he, Mel he who didn't Mel do that? Didn't no. He? no, 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 no. I'm sorry, thirty third ward. He, we, but no, he carried a precinct in the thirty second ward um, one time before he became the alderman in nineteen seventy five. Yeah. Oh, it could have been the projects, right? Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. In the 32nd, are you telling me that Richard Mel, before he ran for alderman of the 33rd Ward, was a precinct captain for Gabinski? I didn't see, I, I'm not sure if he was a precinct captain because he was. Um, What's that sound? Well, sorry. Oh, I, I, yeah. the, <laughs> I forgot. Hey, <laughs> you're on mic. You're, Go ahead. You're, you're cutting into my time on there. Yeah. You know? <laughs> we're, working, we're working all that out. Um, that's what we got the producer for. My, that's right, we'll, we'll just edit that out. But no, uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember the exact um, story, but he actually worked a precinct in the 32nd Ward. Okay. And he delivered it huge. And we, then, might, we might have to call him. Yeah. There, there was a remap, and then he got uh, remapped, in, and he ran against Brandt, who was the... John Brandt. John Brandt, yeah. Yeah. All right. Now, uh, Dave Feller, how'd you get your start in this business? You know, I... Um, you're both at Gordon Tech. Right. You're a year ahead of him. Did you right. guys know each other at Gordon Tech? I don't think so. Oh, my God. Yeah. I was a freshman. You were a sophomore. Yeah, for sure. But we, there was three you were there right before Tommy Kleinschmidt. Oh, yeah, I remember Tommy. Yeah. yeah. So there was, no, there I, was, saw, I remember yeah. him. Yeah, yeah there, was, there was 3,000 guys there. Yeah, I mean, but everybody knew who Tommy Kleinschmidt oh, was. Yeah. No, he, he was, a, a, he was a, a star basketball he, player. He went to grammar school at uh, Grand in Austin. Um I can't remember the name of it. Anyway, we're in a anyway, anyway. So how'd you okay. get your start? So I got my start. Um, 
you know, my, my parents were, were pretty active community-wise. My mom was the president of the Austin Irving Community Council, and, and my dad was active with the Holy Name Society and stuff like that. You know, politics kind of skips a generation. So my grandfather was very active, then my dad wasn't, and then I, I was. So I, I remember um, I was always had an interest in politics, and I used to drink at this bar called Keeper's Pub, which was on Addison and Malvina. Mm-hmm. And there was a couple guys in there that I became friends with. One of them was a guy named Pete Gavin, uh, who was uh, a precinct captain for Tom Allen, mm-hmm. who was the 30th, the, 30th Ward Alderman. And so I was kind of, you know, I'd see those guys every Friday and we have a couple of drinks or whatever. And he said the election was coming up. Um, Tom Allen got appointed Alderman in 1993 and was going to run in 95. And this one guy was running against him who had a lot of people and money and stuff like that. Uh, this guy, Mike Mackey. And so then uh, uh, he said, hey, you want to help out? And I said, yeah. So then I went, um, he took me into the office because somebody had to bring you in. Bring you and on. there was this guy, Ron Podgorski, that was, he was the ward secretary. And um, Ron actually knew me because he knew my dad from the Moose Lodge. It was a very tight-knit community mm-hmm. back then. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you're Charlie, you're the fireman's kid. That's who that, Your uh, that's father was a fireman? My, 38 years, Chicago fireman. Okay. And so uh, there was a lot of people in the neighborhood didn't know my name. They're like, oh, you're the fireman's kid. Yeah. You know? Or, 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 or you're yeah. Mary Rose's son. Yeah. You know? They didn't know my first name or whatever. So I'm like, I'm 23. Yeah. You know? It was 1994. And uh, I I got involved. And, and uh, I remember working uh, for um, this guy, Tom Tully, who was the cousin of Tom Tully, the assessor. Okay. Uh, from the late 70s. They're cousins and they have the same name. It's cousin, same name, yeah. Okay. And then... Uh, There's other names in the world, Tully, family, and Tom, but go ahead. Tully, and yeah. so they were all from St. Ferdinand's, which was by Belmont and Austin, right. and they knew my, my mom because she was from there and stuff like that. So then I started helping them out. I was there about four and a half years. And, um, you know, when we talk about... That's how I kind of got my start, was ringing doorbells and precinct captain. and For Tully? No, for... Uh, well, helping out... Helping out um, uh, this guy Tom Tully, who was who we were like co-captains in I the precinct, but for Tom Allen, oh for Tom Allen, all yeah. right. So you got your start for Thirty Eighth Ward, basically, mm-hmm. and and I've come full circle now. I was going to say you're now, full circle. Now I'm the president of the Thirty Eighth uh, Democratic Organization, and Rob Martwick is the committeeman. Wow. Okay. Uh, now Rob Martwick, when when I say that name, Rob Martwick, he's a state senator now. No. He's on this show. Uh, he was a state rep. He's been on the show many times. We talk about politics. He is what I call the liberal persuasion or the progressive persuasion. Uh, p- pick your word. Uh, when I think of Richard Mel, uh, I think of a the first progressive. <laughs> I do not think progressive politics with a straight face. Uh, and, really? uh, is this the comedy hour? Uh, I think uh, old line. Uh, mainstream uh, Democratic Chicago Democratic politics you don't really have an ideology uh, you pretty much uh, cut your deal it's transactional in other words you make your deal with the mayor whatever the mayor wants you accommodate him uh, and then you a- expect something in return I'm just repeating what Richard Mellis said on the stage of the hideout right, uh, many times so uh, Jamie did did you have a political philosophy when you went to work or were you just pretty much from that old school where it's, you know, you pay your allegiance to the person who got you there and you follow um, the dictates of the party bosses? So I wasn't, I did not really have a political philosophy when I first became a precinct captain and volunteer. You know, I was just a neighborhood kid who, you know, lucky uh, to be alive, literally. You know, I had a lot of, Friends who ended up dead, parents, factory workers, 
my whole concentration, and I still think today, is to take care of my district. I, I deliver, I, I, I clean sewers, I, I, everything from bringing, um, I don't know, bringing infrastructure to the, the district. And so that was my thing always, to take care of the neighborhood. I was not, you know, you had a shelter and you had a mill. Shelter was 99.99% make sure everything was in the ward. You know, he was number one service element. You had Dick Mell, who was loved politics. I mean, he just enjoyed the politics. You know, every race you wanted to get involved in, every race, I said. You know, at one time we could. We literally could get involved in four or five races because that's he had, he had a lot of a lot of workers, mm-hmm. a lot of workers, a lot of volunteers, and so my thing was just. And still now, I give I put my cell number down on, on the Facebook page. I give my cell number out. I work 24-7. People call me, and, and I'm there for them. So that's my philosophy. My philosophy is to deliver to the neighborhood and take care of the neighborhood. And for me, it's... I, 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 I have to interrupt you. I, I kind of lament the, the, the fact that we've lost that a little bit. I know that there's Which people... Uh, you know, that, that whole The whole kind of... Um, we become more policy driven and we become more um, detached. You know, we're more issue based. Mm-hmm. Listen, mm-hmm. What, what made those guys so successful, you know, um, when I got my start and, and, and Jamie's start, is that we kind of ministered to people's wants and needs on, the, on an individual basis, number one. Number two, we lived in the area that we worked, you know. There was a so, requirement. So, yeah. so when, when I would go, say, Ben Jarowski, you live three doors down from me, mm-hmm. and I go knock on your door, and he goes knocks on your door, but he lives wherever he lives, and it's like I'm like Ben, I'm three doors down from you. <laughs> I mean, our, our, ki- our kids, yeah. our, our, our our kids play baseball yeah. together. Yeah. You know, our, our our kids do stuff together. I'm your neighbor. I'm your friend. Do yeah. this for me. Do you know what residents actually ask? Where's the guy? He hasn't been to my house. Where's the thing? I said, What do you think? Those those were volunteers, but. There's no more connection. Very, 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 very few organizations still exist that they'll have four to five workers in every precinct. Okay, but I'm going to say this, uh, Jamie. You're more ideological than you're letting on. And I remember, I believe it's you, correct me if I'm wrong on this, uh, when my old friend Ken Duncan uh, drank a little too much of that Bruce Rauner Kool-Aid, uh, and was espousing oh, some of those uh, yeah. Rauner-esque Republican uh, views, particularly on the issue of how much we're going to give a child care allowance, which Correct. I can't believe any Democrat would be uh, swallowing the Rauner Kool-Aid in that. I believe it was you, and correct me if I'm wrong, who took his nameplate. Yes. And Ken Duncan and said, well, you should put it over there on the Republican side, not on the Democratic right. side. And when I saw that, I'm like... Okay, hey, Andrade. Yeah. I, 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 I was practicing in John D'Amico's. And John yeah. D'Amico's, what are you doing? I said, I said this can't, this can't go on unanswered. So, isn't that what happened? After he did, I, I picked up his name. I said, Ken. You know, I just looked at him and I said, uh, "Don't take this personal." He goes, you what said you that. Doing? Yeah, don't, just yeah. don't take this personal. I said, but you know, you, I said. I, I took his nameplate. I turned around to Speaker. I said, Mr. Speaker, we have a change of party. <laughs> change of party. And I gave it to them. Now, here, my ideology yeah. is I do have union and working families. Yeah. I, I do truly believe 
I understand what it is to work in a factory. I understand what it is. I love uh, live paycheck by paycheck. I I grew up that way. I think people can't remember. I, you know, I tell my nephew, he's doing very well now. Graduated college, extremely well, and he started saying some stuff. I said, hey, don't forget where you came from. The reason why you can get that, you know high-paying job is because both your grandfathers worked in factories, hotels. I delivered newspapers in the morning, and Dad finally got his first shooting job at 62. That's why you can go to school and college without going to work. All right, Horatio. Yeah, so just... <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it it's was a, 10 miles uphill. To, I don't it, remember too many hills over there at the Garden no, Tech. But I just, no, I know. You're right on the my head. My problem was I, I couldn't take the bus anymore because yeah. the gangs from... Um, the gangs from... Shurs... Uh-huh. I'm a walkie. Sure, and, and when they saw me, because I started. In my yeah, but we see you grew up in, in Lakeview, so I, I, yeah, where right. I live, I live by Addison and Austin. Yeah. I have a dozen neighbors that all grew up where he grew up at. Mm-hmm. I have one, my one neighbor; they're about ten years old. I'm about forty-eight, so they're about ten years older than me. They used to tell me, they tell me all the time. They're like, Dave, I grew up in Lakeview when it was poor and straight, you know, and it was dangerous. You yeah. couldn't go the other side of Ashland Avenue. No, yeah. I had. It, I, it was, I tell people it was, I had right, five no, branches. Let me ask you this, uh, Dave Fowler: Do you have a political ideology? Uh, do you, do you like, is there, are there some just basic tenets that you agree with and you cannot see violated? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, um, I'm, uh, I'm, 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 I'm probably a, a Democrat that is a Democrat from, um, um, years ago, I guess, you know, I'm, I'm a pro union, um, kind of center, uh, Democrat, but see, I don't know if it's it's not really fair anymore because there's people that are, that call themselves conservatives mm-hmm. that look at me like I'm a huge liberal, you know, because I'm a Democrat and I'm uh, you know I'm, I'm pro union and you know I'm pro choice, and they're like uh, you, you are liberal. See, this yeah, is the one uh, thing. See, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a liberal, but I'm not a leftist. Okay, right? here, here's the deal, which, which which I hold to that. All right, when I moved to Chicago, I discovered this. That uh, if you were like a member of the Richard Mell organization, you would look at somebody with me. Well, first of all, because I dropped into Chicago from another planet. So, you know, I'm not even from Chicago, number one. Number Trust two. me, they looked at me like that when I just walked into their organization. It was around 20 years. What's that? That I was from a different planet. A different planet. But, was a Latino spy. Yeah. And, and so the attitude uh, is that uh, you are liberal. Uh, and um, you're not part of like this, the mainstream of this organization. You have like these liberal views. And yet now all the views you espouse, Dave, that you believe in and uh, uh, Jamie, the, everything you voted for, you guys are liberal. You, you don't want to admit it, but you're liberal. No, I'm liberal here. And you know who, you know who doesn't <laughs> want it? But, but we're, not, we're not leftists. You know, no, 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 but it is. You know who doesn't want to say who I'm a liberal or leftist or progressives? The, the, the progressives now. Because they say Andrade is Andrade and he will never be one of us. I have, and I told him, I said, I don't need to be a member of the progressive caucus and pay $500. I have a voting record. That is my label. That's what they charge. 
That's what I said. That's what I said. I said. I said. I said. I'm not. I said we should charge one dollar. All right. Let me ask you this: On this show, all of many times is the great Kelly Cassidy. Oh, she's incredible. I love Kelly Cassidy. Can you think of one vote that you and Kelly Cassidy didn't cast? It was the same vote. It was funny. uh, The vote that we didn't. It was. uh, It was on the voting record for the Illinois Environmental Council. I actually voted with Illinois Environmental Council, but Kelly did not vote on that one because she said we helped out. There was an agreement to help out. I can't remember who was excellent or something for the people's job. She's in there. Right. Well, there's That's one, one vote. What there's, was there's, one, there's one more. I carried the non-carjacking bill. It was the possession of stored motor vehicle bill. So she voted against that. I don't even remember that bill. Because yeah, it been... didn't do anything. Okay. I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't, didn't unfortunately do anything. All right, so Dave Feller, what's the difference between a, le- a liberal and a leftist in your mind? You say you're a liberal, but you're not a leftist. What's the difference in I mean, your mind? I, I, know, I mean, th- there's, there's certain things that, um, you know, I, I'm, like I said, I'm, um, I'm, uh, um, I'm pro-union. Uh, I have a day job. I'm, I'm, I consider myself uh, pro-law enforcement. I think that there's some people on, on the left end of the spectrum uh, take a dim dim view of... of uh, Are you a police officer? I I'm, I'm work for the sheriff's office. Because mm. so, you said you have a day job. Yeah. The, yeah. yeah. So, uh, well, actually, politics is sort of our day job when it comes down to it, right? Is that the, you know, so the deal? But uh, yeah, I work it at 24-7. Some people would say Tom Dart, who is the sheriff, is the most liberal sheriff in the uh, in the, in the country. I, I, I would go along. I worked for his predecessor, too, Mike Sheehan. Uh, who was also a great guy. It, it, two um, two different worldviews, two different approaches to law enforcement. Yeah. You know, uh, Mike Sheehan was a, a Chicago police officer. You, you, you know, the biggest difference is, is, and I think what happens is, we are very, very supportive of all our peace officers. And first Extreme, responders. First responders. Extremely, extremely. I think the left, left, left sees that as a negative mm-hmm. towards us. And, and we don't. And we don't. Well, what do you mean when you say you're extremely supportive of your police officers? Like, you, you give me an example of, of a case where you've been supportive of a police officer where the left would not be. Well, on the House floor. On the House floor, Representative Ford started saying, you know, there's... LaShawn Ford. LaShawn Ford saying, you know, every police officer in Chicago Park, you know, police is just, you know, the racist, the racist, and all, there's systemic, systemic. And I said, and the guy next to me goes, just let it go. I said, no. So I pressed the button and I said, I'm sick and tired of this. I said, I've been here a couple of years. The guy next to me, my seatmate, when I came here, Took a bribe and went to jail. The guy next to my office, a pedophile. I said, does that make you a pedophile? Does that make all of you pedophiles? I said, don't paint my police districts with my family, cousins. Gordon Tech, tons of them. I said, tons you of them can't. Gordon Tech. I said, there's 13, what, <laughs> 12, 12 13,000? Yeah, yeah, 12, 13,000. I said, you can't. Yeah. I said, I said, if we go on that basis, then you're a pedophile. Then you're, you are uh, uh, corrupt. I said, you can't. I said, who, Jesus Christ. Who is the pedophile that you were alluding to? Foreman. Farman? Fairman? Uh, Kevin uh, 
a Farnham from Farnham, uh, okay. from uh, Elgin Way. I see. Yeah, uh, I said so you can't do that. that. So case. we, you know, we're. So know. what did Lestrade say? He goes, well, no, no, no. I said, well, at that point, he can't because I already. Um, oh, in other words, yeah, right. It's like you got to yeah. recognize who mm-hmm. was it? Was it Lou Lang calling on people at the time right. or yeah. whatever? Yeah. So uh, they, sometimes, so the they get, sometimes, they, yeah, sometimes they get weird when I press my button. They <laughs> What's Andrade going to say now? So in other words, what, you, what you're saying is you do not want uh, all police officers to be painted with a broad brush. Uh, so when you take a look at the Laquan McDonald shooting, for instance, you don't want people to say every single police officer uh, is shooting. Uh, in fact, there were a lot of police officers who were letting that matter well, go wherever or, it was going to well, go. Or, people forget right. that. I, I, but I'll tell you this. To, to that point, for that specific example, there's people who are in law enforcement. They're like... Eh, big deal. I said, no, I'm I'm in law enforcement. I'm not going to excuse bad behavior. You know, I mean, if if, if a if a cop does something, I, I can't not speaking for Jamie, just for myself. If a, if a cop does something wrong, well, then guess what? That person should be brought to justice. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to say, oh, well, he's he's my brother in blue. So, eh, no, that's that's yeah. if you you do something wrong, you you should have to uh, yeah. account for that. I'm the first one. Whether you hammer, have a badge or you yeah. don't, I'm going yeah. to be the first one to hammer any Latino who breaks the law. You know, I'm going to say because you're giving other Latinos bad names. Yeah. So just like if, a, if I was a police officer, I would say the same thing. Hey, you know, you need to be held accountable because you're holding you. Yeah. You make it bad for all of us. Yeah. You know, so just you know, what happened to Martwick? Martwick gets on stage one time. Robert Martwick, yeah. again, state senator. Yeah. Go ahead. He gets on stage one time. Uh, forgot what. Uh, Thompson Center, and he's on stage, and they have these other organizations, mm-hmm. and this lady from this other organization gets up and says, "F the police." You know, I was like, "Yeah, that was that was a thing for CTU, right?" Yeah, I was trying not to about that. I'm sorry. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, was, he wasn't. It wasn't at the Thompson Center. It was. Uh, no, it, was it was at Grant Park. Or yeah, something. yeah, oh, it was at Grant yeah, Park. Yeah, all your, that's where you threw me off. Oh, ahead. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm sorry, was, we, we rehearsed for like three hours, yeah. Jamie. <laughs> Yeah, I missed you, I missed your yeah. tell. You know, yeah. that's Sorry. what we. I would never, I would never do that. Just and that's I think that's one of the things that might separate us. Well, um, the uh, I mean, just before I let it go, uh, when I view the Laquan McDonald uh, shooting, the, the part of it um, that goes beyond the actual shooting is the way the city responded, and to bury that tape. Um, how do I put this, Dave and Jamie? Right. No, they, it was so cynical. Yeah, so cynical to bury that tape, not let that tape be seen, not say, "Hey, this is what went down," and and that just fed so much more. Right. I, 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 agree. I, I agree. You know, so and that leads to this the situation it's in so many ways. Effect. Yeah, it's a snowball effect. You might as well just throw it out there and just get. Get in front of it. Uh, but no, it's, you're okay. So is that it? Is that the only distinction? Law enforcement? Is that the only distinction between a liberal and a leftist in the city of Chicago? Your no, position I, on I, police? I, I, no, I, I think there's a. Uh, and by the way, there's very few people in the city of Chicago who say cut the police. I, our, a good friend of this show, um, uh, Carlos. Uh, Carlos Rosa. Yeah. I, I have sh- two yeah. Democratic Socialists. I have the most. I, I'm at ground zero. <laughs> ground, I'm at ground zero. <laughs> what do you mean you have two? I don't understand. I have Rosanna Rodriguez, Dem- Chicago Democratic Socialist, and I have she Carlos. She Mel machine. Right? Were you working for Deb Mel? I, I'm a good state rep. 
So. What does that mean? <laughs> I, I know he's, he's like a, he's like a greased walrus. You know, yeah. you just you just can't get your hand on him. I'm telling you, I you don't know? know what that means. Yeah. You're a good stay rep. Does that you know, mean you I stay do, out of politics? I, I do my job and I try not to get involved in but other races. I, I tell you wow. so much. That's I, Mel's daughter. Here's Jamie. You know I, I gotta tell you, if I, it's Mel running, they'll do it. You know, I just but did you did you work for uh, Papa and when you ran against Aaron Goldstein? No, you stayed out of that one. Yeah, because we showed him we showed him the tabs. What do you mean? We showed him the cross tabs. We showed him the cross tabs. He didn't want to run. I know people don't believe this, but he did not want to run for re-election as committeeman. He didn't want it. We, we said, you know, and I showed him the. Tab, I said, the tab says you're going to lose. You know, he says, what is a tab? Cross tabs, cross tabs of seniors and stuff. When you do the when you, we do the polling. Oh, you did polling. Oh yeah, we did. Tw- it was for Jesus all the committee. Christ. Christ. <laughs> well, my race. Remember, my race is the same yeah. time. So it's twenty. It's, Jesus Christ, I can't believe how much it costs. You know, staff says uh, we need to check for twenty seven thousand. I yeah. said, what the hell is that for? He <laughs> the says, pollsters got to get paid. Twenty seven thousand is. I said, what are you trying to find That's out? That's what they charge. They did. Mine was twenty seven thousand. I said that was crazy. That was crazy. So. We should, and they just said, they said, listen, you got a tough race. Your job is just to knock on doors. That's what I did. So you stayed out of the I just thing, knocked yeah. on doors. You yeah. know, they, they use my name here and there, but I just, I knocked on All doors. Right. All right. So I got so, it. So, you go ahead. No, no. I mean, back to the point. It, it, yeah. So, I mean, obviously being uh, supportive of our first responders and stuff, but the area I live in, uh, over in Portage Park, the port of, part of Portage Park I live in, um, and it's kind of changed over the years, become increasingly Hispanic. And um, it's kind of funny that you mentioned Carlos Rosa because I, I know Carlos very well, too. And he's always telling me, that uh, you know, Dave, I'm I'm fighting for the uh, the rights of uh, brown and black people. And I said, Carlos, I got to tell you something. The brown and black people that live by me think like me, not like you, you know, meaning a lot of them had lived in Humboldt Park for years. When the area wasn't all that great, and they moved out by me, they bought a house, they own a house. They want to have their little slice of the American dream, and they don't. They don't want people telling them, "Okay, you have to." Um, here's how you have to live. They're like, "No, I'm living the way I want to live and stuff." So it's, um, you know, I, I think uh, they're they're sort of like, yeah. Well, here, just like here, sort em- of like nimbies. Emily Barney says right now. You know, she says, I would feel more comfortable with the strong pro-law enforcement stance, you know, because she's, she says, because of the examples that we hear in the news. I said, yeah, but there's 13,000, you know, police officers. You're always going to hear the stuff in the news constantly. So does that reflect 13,000 employees? No. And that's what I'm saying here. I believe any police officer who breaks the law should be held accountable, just like any state rep. And that's the thing. See, they, they, it's all or nothing mm-hmm. on these things. And that's what we're not saying it's all or nothing. We just, we, I am not going to pay. That would, I would say that that's my cousin is corrupt. My, my brother-in-law's corrupt. But I mean, there, there's people, right. I'm, there's people who are um, professors at UIC who people keep talking about as, you know, um, political uh, experts on the uh, commentators on the political scene and some of these people that talk, it's like that's a fantastic analysis of the of what's going on now. If this was 1977, but you you keep talking about oh my god, um, you know the machine is still alive. I'm like, um, 
Well, I think the machine is just a different definition. I mean, well, let's, the machines. All right, the we're shifting very gears here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's 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 make the shift. I forget why I brought up Carlos. Oh, I think at one point Carlos came on a show and was talking about cutting the number of police. And I, right. I, I think it was Carlos who said, "If Carlos, if, if it wasn't you, I apologize." And I remember saying, "It was it was a young politician." I get my young politicians mixed up, and uh, I remember saying to him. You're not going to win on this issue. I'm just telling you right now, most people in the city of Chicago, in my humble opinion, if most voters, I should say, want more police, right. not less. Now, personally, I think we need better training for police officers. And you guys know uh, you're not naive. You know a lot of the attitudes that are expressed by some of the kids you went to Gordon Tech with. Right. So let's not pretend nope. those attitudes don't exist. And the w the way they talk about black people, you know it. I know it. We've heard it. Right. And I think the police department has to do a better job of like just letting the people know that those attitudes are not tolerated. Right. Go ahead. So here, you know what? And what I hear on city council and everything, every time they want to lower the standards for the police officers. You know, I said, you got to go to college. You got to go to college because college is where you meet other people. Mm -hmm. You meet different races. You meet different cultures. You don't meet them in high school because 95% of your people are the same color in every high school. You don't have a chance to interact with people. Every year, oh, no, we got to keep, you know, social social degree. For, I said, no. Don't you understand? I said, give them more education and more training and a little later in life. That's when they're going to realize who they are. But if you want to keep no college, no associate's degree, what do you expect you're going to get? Yeah. In any brand. So I said, part of becoming non-racist or something is actually meeting other people. Yeah. Because if you're in high school, what do we have? We have maybe, I don't know how many blacks we had in, in, when we were at Gordon Tech. Not yeah. that many. There was a yeah. football team. Literally, that's what it was. Yeah. There were scholarship kids, basketball, yeah. but besides that, there wasn't. So, and let's see, back then in these high schools, you know, it was either, your, it was either black school or white school or Latino school. Yeah. Even now. Yeah. So that's what I think. We well, have well, to Gordon Tech's probably increase. more integrated than it now. Uh, at right. DePaul, whatever they call it. Right. DePaul is probably right. more integrated now yeah. than Gordon Tech you, was in you 1989. Gotta, you got to hear. If you want more education, I said, okay, every police officer should have one year minimum of, of social work, you know, of education. I mean, that's what they are. They, they're, they're social. Yeah. They have to be social. And, and I, I think you're, what you're saying, Ben, it, it does jive a little bit as far as the attitudes expressed by a, a certain ethnic group. But I think it's more of a... Uh, attitude that um, that the attitude that you're talking about really knows no color. There, there's African American cops and, and Hispanic cops that and that have sort of with the white cops sort of an us versus them attitude. Not in terms of like oh the, this this particular ethnic group is bad. I'm not saying that doesn't happen, mm -hmm. but I'm saying we, we, it's the blue line. It's kind of us versus them type attitude which, yeah which, which, no i understand what you're saying that uh and although there were distinctions and i learned these distinctions guys again i'm not from chicago i had to learn this uh on the job so to speak and the first time i learned this i've told this story many times might as well tell it to you in 1983 uh and it was harold washington running against bernie epton and i'm in city hall and I'm talking to, there was, I was having a, a, a conversation with a person. I did not know who he was. We just bumped into each other in the hall. And he was uh, a black man. And this is how naive I am. So it's 1983. Harold Washington is running against Bernie Epton. Harold Washington, the black guy, against Bernie Epton, the white guy. The city is divided along racial lines. The police department, the, the rank and file 
overwhelming support across, for Bernie Epton. Okay, so I'm talking to this guy, and I say he's a black man. I say, so uh, you, what, what do you do? And he goes, I'm a police officer. I go, oh, well, you must be for Bernie Epton. Okay, he's a black guy, and he looked at me. What are you nuts? He goes, I'm for Harold Washington, and I said, I thought the police officers. We're all for Bernie Epton. He goes, the white ones are. Okay, Dave Feller. And I've since learned this. I'm like, the light goes on. I'm like, oh, duh. You know, the, a yeah. different attitude. I've learned this with, with veterans. I get people who tell me all the veterans are for Donald Trump. And I go, well, maybe a lot of the white veterans are for Donald Trump, but I'll bet you most of the black veterans are for who? Barack Obama. Do you follow what I'm saying? Yeah. Hey, you got all yeah. boys. And, and uh, I'll tell you a, a quick, um, um, since we're talking about Harold Washington and Bernie Upton, I went to St. Pascal's, which is my grammar school, and Harold Washington came there in 1983 yes. with uh, Walter Mondale. And we had a riot out front. Well, it wasn't a riot, but yeah, a riot, yeah, but yeah. it was it, it was, was a thing. People you know? were upset. It it was, was, I, and, I was twelve, so okay. I, my, my concept, my uh, definition of uh, what you remember what holiday it was. People wearing coats. Uh, oh, Sunday. On a Sunday. Well, hey, listen, we, the Catholics, we do it. Uh, we, 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 All right. We do let's go big. back to that. We went on a tangent within a tangent. Democratic Party. Uh, you were saying that how the Democratic Party has changed uh, since the days you uh, entered, the, entered, the, entered the ranks, what, in the mid-90s. How has it right. changed? You know, I, I you see the political workers, right? You see people working campaigns. You know, back then it was patronage. And I think now it's different patronage. You see, you know, give you an example, just in the 33rd Ward race, they had literally Rosanna Rodriguez probably had every weekend 100 workers. Mm -hmm. Every weekend. During the week she had there, but she had 100 workers. So what's the difference? Is that a machine? Or is it a machine? Just a different machine. Mm -hmm. But they had a hundred workers, and trust me, ninety nine point nine of them percent were not just believers. Yes, they were believers, but those believers held jobs. They were knocking on doors. So it's just shifted. But, but I think here, here's the thing, though, between that and like say a Dick Mel. Who would have a hundred, say a hundred guys, same deal? And one precinct at one time. Right, right. But <laughs> my, my, the point I'm trying to make is that if Rosanna Rodriguez said something radically different than those hundred people believed in, you'd see those people ebbing away. Dick Mel could say something. Uh, hey, the, the moon's yes, green, right. and these guys are like, I don't care. I'm, I'm trying to be a foreman at fleet right. management. Right. The guy's so, right. Yep. You know. Yep. We don't care. Jamie, he's yep. absolutely I right. He's right. And so there's, there's, and that's what it is. You know, but it's, which, which is going to, I think, make things more difficult for these people who are ideologically driven because they have to maintain that. And, and it, what, running for office is one thing. Governing, as you well know, is different. Mm -hmm. And you got to make, you got to be uh, compromises and you have to yeah. think. So I make. I'm the compromise guy. I, I but, always but, try to find. Right. But. Yeah. We we grew up like that. These other people who are who are ideological based, they make a compromise. Now they're a betrayal from their supporters. Like you betrayed us because you you cut a well, deal. Well, it depends what the deal that you right. cut. Right. Well, is. yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, but listen, going back historically, um, what what 
Richard Mel and the Democratic Party in 1979 had to stand by, this is way before your time, Michael Balandic in the face of a horrendous uh, performance performance but forget the snowstorm the city oh. he, he mayors of chicago i know that we, people in chicago think they're all powerful they can't control the fall of snow so there was tremendous snow and the city was absolutely helpless at uh cleaning the snow up and and in, in many ways the way they ran the trains was prejudice against black people all right so uh it, it, but the aldermen jamie and dave so many of the aldermen were like the great mayor Belandic. I remember hearing what the great mayor <laughs> Belandic. You know, like what what is so great about him? He can't even get this get the snow plows out of the street. But those aldermen felt compelled. This gets at what you were saying. I would hope that supporters of Alder, Alder Woman Rodriguez would not just be like blindly saying the great mayor, Lori Lightfoot, let's say, if the city's incapable of plowing the streets. Right. And that's when came the snow routes. No parking from 2 a.m. To, uh, also, yeah. they, they gave birth to the snow command. That's why Richard M. Daly would overdose on, on snow removal Salt. preparation. Let's the, not yeah. forget the mayor that came in between Belandic and Daly. It was Harold Washington and Jane Byrne did a fine job of overseeing the police, uh, the patrolling. Well, if I, if I was from Bridgeport, you, they, <laughs> if, 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 if I was from Bridgeport, uh, there would have been a Stalinesque uh, removal of her name yes. from the from the um, the the, uh, the seat of uh, wherever it was. So anyway, so what you're saying is that uh, the uh, progressives, liberals, whatever you want to call them, uh, we're have, liberals. The, oh, I'm sorry, the progressives, we're leftists. Liberals. Yeah, uh, have learned many of the uh, uh, electioneering tactics uh, that uh, Dick Mel used to teach. I think so. I think they're great. I, th- you know what, and they're even better at it. I think they're even better. Mm-hmm. They're even better, especially when the neighborhood starts to change. They're very, very educated people. And you see them walking on the street, so there's no chance. Well, we had a guy on the show, D. What was his name? I forget his name, but he yeah. worked for Deb Mel. And mm-hmm. uh, he was here as a Bernie person. Remember that? Uh, and uh, he said, uh, what is he? Game recognizes game. And he was for Mel. But he had. A, he said he was giving a shout out to um, uh, Rodriguez's yeah. people. He goes, oh, yeah. game recognizes game. They yeah. are Organized, organized, organized. Uh, but you know, I, they be out organized Mel. I gotta tell you something though. I've talked to some Mel guys that I've run into, uh, old timers, guys I know from high school too, and I met through Jamie. A lot of them are like they wanted to help out, but Deb Mel, am I, am I off base on this? Deb Mel kind of wanted to step back and like sort of disassociate herself from those old timers to give herself credibility. Well, if you're in a tough race, you need some guy. There's still some old timers that live in the neighborhood. That those guys could have gotten a few votes here and there, you know, based you know, on, on on old time the, loyalty. The, the and she didn't I want those guys around. The way is I that see true? It, I heard. The way I see it is, no matter what you do or what she would have done, she's always going to be Mel's daughter. Yeah, but that and name. Just, yeah, I mean, just just <laughs> it's, like, it's like Tony Berrios. You know, yeah, she just, was paying for the sins of her of her father. Yeah. And I think you just have to keep just have to keep just knocking on doors. You know, I I work. You know, someone. And I just started now with social media drastically because you have to tell people that you're you're working because or else they'll say you don't work. Mm-hmm. If you don't tell them, I, every time I go to a committee hearing, every time I go, go somewhere, you know, I you know I'm, I just set up a social media office in my Springfield office using campaign money. 
we so it, you have to let people know. You know, someone someone told me when I was knocking on doors, he said, "Kid, just you know, I I like you. I, you work there." He goes, "Just make sure you do good things." He said, "But more importantly, you have to tell people you're doing good things because no one's going to believe you." The, the, you the voter citizenism is so high. Like when I go out with Rob, and we're knocking on doors, and prison says, "Well, let me let me do my research." I'm like. What research? I have Rob Martwick right here. You could ask him anything you want. Yeah. What research? I'm, I'm not. I'm not selling you Amway. You know, you're, 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 that's a brush off. I worked in sales. Yeah. Okay, don't, 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 you know. I mean, I hate to be Jack Lemon from uh, Glengarry Glen Ross, but you know, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Wow. Man. Okay, a movie reference from that. Uh, yeah, I remember that movie. All right, now uh, let's let's shift things to national politics. We we talked a lot of national politics on this show. We just had Samina Mustafa who, uh, on the show, uh, who ran against Quigley. I know Quigley. Uh, from the Fifth Congressional District. I think she's a bright young star in the Democratic uh, Party, in my humble opinion. Um, I don't know. She's running again? I don't know. She, you know, it's a good question. I don't know if she's ever going to run again. She may be moving over to the media. Uh, but she was really articulating very strongly uh, passionate beliefs, uh, for instance, in our border policies. And, um, and that how we have to be much more tolerant about immigrants who are coming over uh, from the south, the southern border, uh, than we are not put them in detention centers, uh, not separate children from parents. And w- when she says it, uh, uh, Dave and Jamie, it just makes so much sense. And I, I, I find myself saying, yes, I would like the De- National Democratic Party to be articulating views like hers. How do you think that plays with the voters that you grew up with, that you've been representing? You, you know, so I, I, I think that there's, um, there, there's two um, kind of schools there. There's, you're going to get your people that are saying, well, they're illegal. They're coming over illegal. You know, whatever. And like my 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 uh, there's a growing segment if you talk to people and my my particular opinion is what's that old saying if you break it you buy it you know meaning um, if you take people into custody then you're responsible for them you have to give them soap you have to give them toothbrushes you have to provide um, you know accommodations for them um, a, a warm place to sleep until you decide what you're, you're going to do you just can't. Um, you know, uh, dig a hole and, and throw them in there or put them in cages and stuff. You know, the the uh, the Soviets and the Nazis did that. Did, you know, and so um, I, I think we do need. Um, you know, listen. I'd like what, what what I'd like to see is everyone put on a path to citizenship. I mean, that's the immediately. It, yeah, I mean, the, the, I tend see. I we, we my dad does a lot of income taxes, and you know, I tell you know. I'm not going to say, but a state rep stood up and said, you know, we're providing all these services for, for people that are not here legally. And I'm thinking to myself, do you know how much money is brought in by people who work with ITINs, the income tax identification number? They don't get any earned income credit. They pay Social Security, will never get it. 26th Street is second to none from Michigan Avenue. You know how much money? They, they spend on sales tax and everything. And I said, I, I, you know what? I think there's a, that picture of the, the father and the daughter mm-hmm. with the hand. I got a lot of calls after that picture from a lot of white people. I said, this is, this, something has to be done. We can't, we, we just can't let it. And then they, you know, the way we're treating kids and families in, in like kennels. 
you know, it's just, it's crazy. I, I, I don't know what something has, has to drastically done. I wish I, I, you know, I'm not a congressman or, and I, and I said, I don't even think those congressmen were allowed in there as much. They're, they're blocking them even from getting in there. So something, it just, you know, the, the biggest meme, everyone here is a immigrant, you know, everyone except the American Indians. I know it's the oldest cliche, but it's true. Everyone started at some point. You know, and it just has to keep building. You know, every year it was a different ethnicity that that was looked at as as you know the bad ones, the bad ones. It just keeps changing. I don't know what you know the one now is, but but it's it's. So, what do you think uh, themes uh, and messages the Democrats uh, should be championing in order to beat Donald Trump? My biggest concern is the way we elect our president, the electoral vote. You can't, you can champion as much as you want in Illinois, but that's not going to make a difference in a different state. It's just not. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just not going to make a difference. So that's why I said, okay, you want, you're not going to beat Trump by, by campaigning in Illinois, or, or you're just not. I'm going to, what I think Democratic Party has to do, and I told, we were in a, it was a town hall meeting, you know, it was, all it was me and every you know it was Gazzardi and all of them all, all the very Will left Gazzardi, the state Will Gazzardi, right. all of them all the, the left, lefties <laughs> all lefty and, and me and me so I look out the crowd I said I want you to turn to your left turn to your right I said what's missing and they're like well I said we're at Kosciuszko Park there's no Latinos this is a Latino neighborhood but all of you are white I said you know what do you want to make a difference I said I told the lady stop working against me I vote like them i said take a break don't work against me this time i said but you know what you want to make a difference in in state politics people like you i said that that are white need to go knock on doors where they only talk to white people i said you want to do something to change that's how you can change get in your car go knock on precincts where white people want to hear only from white people that's what you can do. And other white people need to go to other areas and other ideological areas and work for them yeah. because they're yeah. going to feel more comfortable. I mean, yeah, no, it's true. But, and some people, they want to stay in their comfort zone, you know? Right. And, but, it's, and it's like, yeah, you're great, up on I'm Jamie, great, right, right. right. But I, if, I'm, if I'm reading you exa- accurately, what you're saying between the lines is that, and, and do not allow me to put words in your mouth, right. Uh, what I believe you said is we have an electoral college situation, all right? So let's say uh, Dave Feller is the Democratic nominee for president, okay? It would be, be a runaway win. All right, right and right. he is championing uh, left-of-center views that will do really well in the city of Chicago among voters in Will Gazzardi's district. Right. All right? That may get him Illinois, Right. That may get him California, New York, uh, New Jersey, but that may not get him Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. And so if you're thinking strategically, you what you're telling me, Jamie, you said you there have to... There has to be a balance. There. So you have to, to articulate a view that will win you Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Be, yeah. That's what you're telling I me. I think I, th- you, I don't want you to be a hypocrite, but I, the, the issue is right now everyone says what they want to do to get elected in the primary because there's so many of them. Yes. 
There's so many. They, they, have, they have to distinguish themselves. Right. You know, and so, you know. and everyone wants, everyone thinks they can beat Trump. You know, if the Democratic Party was here, I got to hand it to my opponent. My first, my opponent in 2016, Harish Patel. What did he do? His first thing that he did was went to talk to every other opponent that wanted to run and says, <laughs> and says, listen, we cannot yeah. beat Jamie. He goes, look, last time there were six of you that run, and mm-hmm. he still got 51% of the vote. Yeah, is that true? There were seven people ran in that race? Basically, and then they knocked off. Yeah, it was like six. If yeah. they knocked off, you mean you No, no, I didn't. I said, for me, more yeah, than Yeah, why would you want to knock right. him off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're I right. You're two, right. It's incorrect. Two people run radio because they'd be like, wink, yeah. wink. Yeah. Yeah. All right, go ahead. We're not we're on camera, too. Yeah. But no, so just, there's you're going to... You so are, he talked them up from running. Right. And you, right now, I think the Democratic Party is beating yeah. themselves up so much within each other. I don't know if they're going to be able to recover. And beat Trump. And beat Trump in general and, and, because and, of the electoral and, votes. And, and, and really, and how do you, um, because they're they're trying to distinguish themselves or, or kind of. By the way, excuse me. Thanks for giving me no hope at all, Jamie. No, yeah. How about thanks? You need to work I, I, the other states. You right, no, that's true. Listen, states. I, and, listen I, I, have a, I have a friend of mine yeah. who's, who's on the Obama Library Commission, and he worked in Michigan. And he said they didn't see a Hillary person for six weeks before the election. Yeah. You know, listen, I, I knew a very, very, very quick story. I knew that Trump was going to win this election uh, two months beforehand. How did uh, you know that? I, I, I've, I have no empirical data to back this up. I'll just Bye. tell you a quick story. I was on my way back from the Democratic convention in Philly. Uh-huh. I'm with uh, State Senator Omar Aquino, uh-huh. who was actually the youngest Latino ever elected to the Illinois State Senate, and uh, Jake Kaplan. Uh, the great Jacob Kaplan, Jake Kaplan. Oh, good friend watching. of this show, who, 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 got, who, who got his start as a staffer for Rob Martwick. Uh, I be, did not know that. Believe it, believe it or not. And so uh, Jake is actually a good friend of mine. Um, and we're, we're actually on the show due to Dan, Dan Pozzielski and uh, Danny P. Danny, Danny P. Dan. political know it all. So we're driving back and. Obviously, we had a lot to drink that week, so we're on the we're, we're on the Ohio Turnpike. I hope you were sober at the time you so were driving. Jake did all the driving, by the okay. way. Jake so, yeah, doesn't um, drink; does not drink that much. So um, we're on the Ohio Turnpike, and we we stop at a rest stop. Uh-huh. And there's um, a Starbucks, there's a Burger King, and there's a chicken place. So we're like, no, oh, we'll get chicken. So Omar Omar, yeah. Omar goes to the washroom, okay. and then Jake and I get chicken. And there's three white women working at this rest stop. Mm-hmm. One's taking the money, the other one's packaging the stuff up, the other one is uh, cooking the food. And and the um, the the um, we get our food, we sit down. Omar comes out, he gets his food, Puerto Rican guy standing there. And so the one gal says, um, man, the um, Trump's coming to Fayetteville or wherever it was, you know? And, and it was, oh, really, man? That's awesome. You know, and they're talking about Trump and Trump and Trump. He says, oh, the Democrats just had their thing down in Philadelphia. Yeah. You know, and so all of a sudden this woman turns and looks at Omar and she's like, Oh, but I don't think I'm going to go to that Trump thing, you know. And uh, so they started backpedaling a little bit. So he came and told us this story. And I'm like, well, Trump's going to win. He said, well, how do you know? I said, here's three white women in their 50s making $9 an hour working at a chicken place off the Ohio Turnpike, and they're voting for Trump. These are our voters. And they they voted for Trump. Now, how do you, because we are the party of the big tent, Democrats, how do you get the, 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 the Bernie type people what issues does the the woman that works in the rest stop there making nine bucks an hour 
going to have in common with those other people? How do you link them together? That's the question I just asked you guys. I mean, you're asking, you, all you did was I'm you like, turned around and asked me the go. same question I asked. You're the experts, not just the guy with the radio That's show. They need, we have to work in districts that people look like each other. Yeah, but what do we what, what do we bring it to him? I, I think it's I, yeah. I, 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 enough time are you ready to endorse Bernie Sanders? <laughs> I did on, on Twitter last. Uh, I didn't. I missed it since I hate Twitter. I never look yeah. at right, it. Right. So I in other words, so you think Bernie is the answer? You think Bernie Sanders? And not that was last election. That was last election. Now I have to. I really gotta. I have I have an unpopular choice. Forget the forget literally Bernie. Right. The Bernie message. Right. The Bernie message of equality. The Bernie message of tax the wealthy to give programs that would benefit the, the, the great number of them. The Bernie message to those three women at the counter at that chicken place right. in Ohio is, I will get universal health care so you're covered so that if you do have to pay, or if right now um, money is going out of your paycheck to health care, guess what? It's not going to go out of your paycheck to health care anymore. It's going to go to... Is that the message you think that could win over those three voters? People won't believe us no matter what we tell them. Yeah, they, 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 tell me about the story with the with the, the, I'm gonna the tell ten you. Uh, senior citizens. Yeah, go oh, that too. That, <laughs> the that's three waitresses one. in Ohio. Yeah. Now we get the ten senior citizens. We are two stories, real quick. Right. I never here. The first one is I'm at doing a town hall with Rob Martwick. Okay, right, and we're talking about the fair tax. Everyone's in the room. Yeah. I would say 30, 40 people are in the room. Mm-hmm. And I just said, there was a reporter in there. I said, this is what we have to deal with. Watch this. I said, how many of you believe us that I tell you 97% of you won't pay more and you might just pay less than one? Right. Three people raised their hand. I said, you guys don't count. You're staff. No one believed us. I, I was I was coordinating that right. town hall, and once again he went off script yeah. <laughs> on the thing. You know, I'm like, Jerry. So, so the second cut his mic, right? They didn't cut his it. mic. So I'm not I'm not a politician. I'm not like the Fritcher. I'm staff. I'm still staff, and I still stink like staff. And so now we are at we are at uh, Burgundy Restaurant. We're talking. We're doing one of our Burgundy shows. Burgundy over in uh, Irving. Austin and Irving. Yeah, Austin and yeah. Irving. Uh-huh. Delicious restaurant. By the way, try the fried K, chicken. It is. So Mr. K, but. There's a table of 10 seniors, uh-huh. and we're overhearing them. I said, man, we're in trouble. I said, so I talked to them, and I, I said, so when they're talking about everything, there's like Bernie's going to steal our homes. The the Bernie is going to steal their homes? The, the, yes. The, the, um, but all the stuff. And rich the, people the, don't pay. The, the, the rich people ain't going to pay. The poor people are going to get taken care of, and us in the middle are going to get screwed. And we're like. No, wait, wait a minute. That, that's not how it works here. We're talking about the, the progressive income tax of the time, right. and they're like, "Yeah, that, that's that. That's not that. That's not going to happen. They're going to say it is, but I don't believe it." I'm like, "What do I have to demonstrate to yeah. you?" You know, I said, "Do you make two hundred fifty thousand? She goes, "No, no, but it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm going to have to pay. Rich people don't pay. It's just the middle class that pays." But then the one woman goes, um, "But I want my Medicare." Right. You know, don't take my Medicare. And then uh, there was something, on, and I looked at my smartphone, some alert came up about Trump trying to do something with Medicare. It was like, take it away or something like that. I'm like, well, here's your hero, lady, you know? You, you, you didn't actually say that, or did you think it? 
that I did. Did I, you say this is your hero? Lady? I didn't say that to her, but I did say, "Hey, listen, look at this article." All right. I didn't say your hero. I'm not a total jag off. You know? Hold on, guys. Can I say jag off in the uh, Yeah, you yeah. could say it. I, you know, right. I, ha- I have to take a drink. You got me so depressed. <laughs> <laughs> you, no matter what you say, people won't believe you. See, so, you, might, uh, so, so Trump, you have to cynicism. No, cynicism. Cynicism is at an all time high. Tell you. Yes. Well, listen. Time out. I understand having covered politics in the uh, huh? city of Chicago for so many years. Why cynicism would be high. That the 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 elected officials in the city of Chicago are so cynical. They sold the parking meters, and they, they thought the people they, they thought the people were so stupid. All you had to do is say, "Hey, we got a billion dollars for them," yeah. and the people are like, "Wow, a billion dollars! I'm a Chicagoan. I'm so dumb. I, I'm I, falling I, for it. I'm, I'm, I'm fighting the TIF battle by my house. You know, I mean, oh they, my god! Don't even get me started about the TIF scam. That's how you invited me. But boy, put, yeah, put, put that down as the last point because I got a, I got a TIF right, story okay. for you. but yeah, that's why people don't believe you. Those middle class old timers at that restaurant, the Burgundy, although I would probably say to them, why did you guys vote for Daly all those years? That would be the first thing I'd say. You're so cynical about government. You're the one who voted for Daly year after year. No, first I'd ask them, did you vote for Mayor Richard J. Richard M. Daly? Oh, yes, I did. Well, why? If, why, why would you, you, now you don't have any belief, any faith at all in but, what government. I, to be perfectly honest though, a, a lot of those people um, where I grew up used to be a, um, it, was Ger- it was German Protestants. Yeah. A lot of those people were Republicans for years, you know. Which, but well, the, what does that have to do with voting for Richard M. Daley? I mean, well, because I, they, they wouldn't, they wouldn't vote. I, I'm just saying yeah. that people, it, it, that story you told me, which is so depressing, I'm going to have a, three more drinks, <laughs> is because um, it's, it's like they don't believe a Democratic politician who is telling them he's going to act on their behalf. Okay, so that means they're going to vote for a Republican politician who is going to they know is going to act against their interests because he's not a politician. No, no, I mean, uh, uh, um, uh, Trump. Trump, Trump, and that not only why do you say not, that? That's the person I'm not saying. Oh, that. I say, right, right. That's There's the something per- real about right. him. Right. You, that's you're, the persona. You're, you're, you're you're they're not really voting for for Trump. They're they're voting for they're voting for not because they believe in him because he's telling them that someone's screwing them over mm-hmm. and and he's they're going to get to the bottom of it you know whether it's the illegals or it's big government or it's someone else is taking your money you know that's why uh, you vote for me because I'm going to stop that you know and that's, I think that's what it is right. you know? all right so, so in, 20, in 2016 we're knocking on doors I told Justin I said and I told him to him, uh, Justin, my walker, I was with him, you know, 24 hours a day. I said, holy cow. I said, Trump's going to win. He's like, what? He said, yeah, look. I mean, look at here. These is, you know, I know people don't like it, but I said, don't, I said, don't repeat it because they're going to think. I said, just, just don't say anything. I said, just do it, but he's going to win. He's going to, you know, an NDFA, I go to every meeting because it's in my, in my district and stuff. And I'm going to think to myself, they're going to be in shock. We are knocking indoors where when you in 2016. Make, no, but where? Oh, my, my district. In my district. And, and, and even in my wait, district. There were Trump people in your district? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I had, yes. I, had 100, I had 132 Trump people in my precinct. Yeah. Wait, I, live which, at, I, I live at Addison and Austin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And well, it was about right. I mean that. I mean that's not Trump got less of a percentage of the vote in the city of Chicago uh, in the last election. Mm-hmm. And uh, who was the Republican? Mitt Romney. 
So in other words, it was probably the same 132 people voted for Mitt Romney. Yeah. So you can't really draw. No, but 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 but, but, but there, there's a lot. If see, there's people in Chicago. If there's people in my district, I, can here, and I, that's why one of the biggest misconceptions people have mm-hmm. that that they have of Illinois is that you guys have 74 Democrats. I said. No, we have 74 people who have a D after their name. <laughs> I said, we don't have 74 Democrats. Yeah. I said, we don't. I said, you know, I said, oh, oh, understand oh, this. Oh, I said, oh, yeah. Also, with, the, with, with the, tr- the Trump people, they they didn't, like, volunteer that they All were right, doing well, Let that. me ask you this. In your humble opinion, knowing everything you do about politics, having worked in politics since the 90s, who is the Democratic candidate best suited to beat Donald Trump. At this moment, I don't have. I don't have. A, I don't. Ha- I don't have an answer for that. You don't have an. Can you well, we're local guys, but I'll, I'll tell you. I'm, who do you think? I'm not saying who oh. you endorse right now. In what? Are, what's today's date? D. July 10th. July 10th, 2019. In your humble opinion, based on everything you've seen, who do you think is best suited to beat Donald John Trump? Uh, what do you think, Dave? Can I get a lifeline? Listen, I'm. I'm my, I, I, we're all going to give up. We're okay, all going to break. Who are you going with? Just say it. I, I, I'm, I'm, I like unpopular choices, and, and uh, there, there's two guys that I like in this race. I, I, I like Uncle Joe, and I like uh, Mayor Pete. All right. The, qu- the question. Pete? The question. I let me rephrase. Who, who, who thinks the best? Wait, the time candidate? out. Sorry. I didn't ask you who you liked. I asked you, who do you think is best suited to beat Donald Trump? Now, if you're saying that you like Uncle Joe and Mayor Pete because you think they're best suited to, to beat Donald Don, John Trump, that's fine. That's your answer. But the question, one more time, who do you think is best suited to beat Donald Trump? Go. You go first. Uh, <laughs> go first, Jamie. Okay, so, I, I, it's... This is not an endorsement. This is I not an endorsement. Who do you think is but best I, suited? I don't think he can win the primary, but I but I believe maybe Castro might, might be able to cross. I think he can cross. Okay. You think Castro could beat Trump? The I, best I, of all. I think he can cross. Okay. He can cross both sides. What do you mean cross? He can, he can cross. He can, he can be white. He can be Latino. He mm-hmm. can be, you know, he, he, he. I believe he has a, a sense, you know, if Biden doesn't keep screwing up, I, you know, maybe. You All know. right, so you believe Castro's the best suited to, to win the election. I'm not saying you're endorsing him. You think if it was du- Castro's the best chance to beat Trump, and you think it's who? Joe Biden? To, be, to, beat, to, beat, to beat Trump. Trump. Yeah. I, I, I think if, both, if Joe Biden got out of the, the, the primary, he would be the best to beat All Trump. All right, and I'm telling you right now. Who do you? Who I'm, you I'm telling you right now, in my humble opinion, uh-huh. July 10th, 2019, based on what I've seen so far, and I reserve the right to change my mind in a month. <laughs> my too. Right. Okay? Kamala Harris. She showed me something in that last debate when she came strong at Joe Biden that I was impressed with. Now, I have a lot of people come on this show and they're of the, the lefty persuasion, as you would say, and they have issues with her because of her position as Attorney General and her, her stance on crime and stuff. I'm not... Uh, nominating her for sainthood, I'm answering a very specific question: Who do I think is best suited to beat Donald Trump at this moment? And I she's think. working. And she's working one of the hardest, I think, nationally. Come on, she had presence here in the gay pride parade. She's she's 
she's probably building the, the better Best organization. Old. She works hard. She, she works hard. She works hard. She's quick on her feet. She's and tough. She's sharp. You don't. You, so ben, you don't. You don't think we. You don't think we still have some underlying misogyny where we like eh, a woman. I don't know. Well, that's an interesting question because so many that I've asked that. I usually people. Ask, I'm asking that question, huh. and people respond by saying the reason Hillary lost, even though she won, she got more popular votes. Just point that out, Jamie. Right. Uh, and well, that's what I'm saying. That's, yeah, not right, 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 right. that's not how we elect them. We have this weird system. You, and you being from Rhode Island yeah. should be. No, like, I'm not in any way. I think it's the most cockamamie system in the world. I'm a basketball fan. The Bulls lost 108 uh, to 102. If that's how, if we if we use that system uh, that we use for presidents for basketball, the Bulls would have won the game. Yeah, but you, you're going to. What, what, what kind what, of crazy what, what system the small, is that? The small states Wait, get screwed over. Me. Who cares? What Screwed over how? How, did, how is a small state going to get screwed over? Give me an example. The Electoral College. That's what they always say to me. The, you sound like this guy I met. What was his name, D? I met him at a, at a, at a like, farmer's market. The Electoral in, College was was created so the, 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 the working class can't elect. A president. I'm like, what, what is going to happen that a president's going to do uh, if Wyoming doesn't get, get, have proportionally more of a, what will they do to hurt people in Wyoming? People always tell me, I met this guy in California. He was running for Congress in California. And I said, we have to change it. Like, this is California, which is totally getting screwed. And he goes, well, you don't understand what you said. He goes, small states are going to get screwed. My first reaction is, what do you care? You live in California. This is the problem with Democrats. They're so dumb, they always go against their own interests. I didn't mean to say that, Jamie. I want to address this thing where he's uh, making some historical reference. We went to high school together. He cut every single history class <laughs> and then you're going to come up. What, you're in the back of a freaking matchbook cover? Hey, I took a constitution <laughs> test you, for every basketball you player. You do right. not live in the state of Wyoming. You I live don't. in the city of Chicago. You're getting screwed by this electoral college system. So stop trying to worry about the people. If you're worried so much about the people in Wyoming, go move to Wyoming. I'm a purist, <laughs> but here, constitutionalist. Just, uh, based on ben. what you said, so I got, I got based on what you said about the you know Democrats are so dumb. People in my district, yeah. I mean, look at the numbers who, yeah. who elect me to be a state rep. Look at the numbers. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy. The first time I ran. Like five thousand people out of fifty-five thousand people yeah. voted and elected. I said only twenty-seven hundred people decided I represent one hundred ten thousand yeah. people. There's, there's, there is now a mentality of the Democrat who is in the middle yeah. doesn't even want to pull a Democratic no. ballot because he doesn't want to be labeled as a Democrat. Well, okay. I, and that's I, and that's here, that's the biggest problem. Here, here's the on. difference between Democrats and Republicans. They're a, 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 there is no Democrat, a good Democrat, like my good friend Dave Feller over here, will say, Oh, poor Wyoming. <laughs> if they don't get a greater advantage than Illinois, they're going to be hurt. So you're acting against your own interests when you articulate that point. There's no one in Wyoming who will ever stand up for the city of Chicago, Never. ever. 
And we have people. There's no one in Southern Illinois. Yes. Like, we have people in the city of Chicago. For what? We, I believe in a fair map. I want a fair map. You have the one advantage in the city, in the state of Illinois. The Democrats could write the maps, and they want to change it in Illinois to give Democrats a disadvantage. But now I'll I do even it. like even more now. Look at that. I'll do it when Wisconsin does it. Okay. When North, but that's Democrats. Oh, I believe in a fair map. You, know, Why there, would there, you believe there, in something there, that works. There's against? always you know, there's, there's there's actually there's been longstanding animosity between Wyoming and, and uh, <laughs> Illinois. Uh, in the early part of the century, there was a little part of a vice district in Chicago that we called Little Cheyenne, and in Cheyenne, Wyoming, they called their vice section Little Chicago. Yeah. Very good. You know what? And that's as good a point as ever to end the show because we've gone way over time. We didn't even do the Obama story. Next time. Next time. Next time. All right, gentlemen. Thank that's you so much that's, for that's coming what it on. Is. All right, beautiful. Take care, everybody. See you soon. Take care. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.